This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. We'll get it done. Um, you guys like Neil Justin? You ever read his columns? Uh, I, yeah. I, well, I'd go either way. I, I would, I've met him and he was nice mm-hmm. to me. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes... Yeah, I think sometimes I agree with them. Sometimes I don't. So I go. Yeah, that, that would make sense. The one thing that people don't really understand is that that I do like Neil. I've spent some time with him here and there. Yeah. Um, he's never given me a one hundred percent positive review. Matter of fact, he's ripped the shit out of me at times. Yeah. But that's his job. I really don't let that stuff bother me at all. It's his job to do that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're going to be political about it, then I am not going to make the cut with any of these newspaper people, you know, Star Tribune, Pioneer Press. It just I'm not the same kind of person that they are. So but Neil has always in person been very, very friendly, very nice. And and again, I look at it. You know what? I'm not upset that he rips the piss out of me. That's his job. If he doesn't yeah. like the show. I'm good. It's good for you. You don't like it. I don't think everybody should like the show. Yeah. I think, you know. I think that's pretty good of you. I, I feel the same way because, like, I could go either way on some of his reviews. But in person, he has been lovely. We were at the Chanhassen Dinner Theater, and mm-hmm. there was a lot of drunk people around us. And me and him kind of looked at each other like, should we be scared right now how drunk everyone <laughs> in the media is getting? Well, there you have What? People in the media drinking? Whoever heard of it? I know. Yeah, it was so it was insane but it was a blast so right. it was I've, i like him in person quite a bit but that would be my advice to young people getting in the business do not let the media get to you just because somebody rips the piss out of you a lot of people are going to look at that like whoa i better listen to this show see what it's all about you yeah. are going to benefit from extreme views either way doesn't matter but yeah he's you know he's always been pleasant in person so Neil Justin wrote a uh, column this morning, network sitcoms ignore Norman Lear's legacy, which I would have to agree with. Norman Lear was a brilliant writer, came up with some of the greatest shows ever on television. Extended Family and Night Court have little in common with all in the family. Uh, The night after Norman Lear died, the five major networks uh, paid tribute by airing a memoriam card. 
At the same time, nice and ironic, the executives who signed off on that idea have no intention of airing anything that resembles All in the Family. Lear wasn't perfect. Too many of his shows leaned on catchphrases designed for lunchboxes. But people like that, though. Yeah. I mean, he, they, they did like that. So yeah. I, mean, I can see the complaint, but people liked it. So what the hell? Go with what people like. John Amos was booted from good times after complaining too many times about the how the writers kept working uh, dynamite into the scripts. Oh, he didn't like dynamite. <laughs> That's like, it's so wild because, Tom, you're so right. Like, you can't take this out of context. No. That was how things were written back then, and the people loved it. Yep, I agree completely. And I didn't mind him saying dynamite, but I suppose if I was John Amos and supposed to be the star of the show, that other kid getting all the attention, I'd see, that wouldn't piss me off. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. I think you would have more of a problem of being the person that says the catchphrase over and over. I think you'd yeah, get sick of that. I would get tired of that. That's true. But at least Lear tried. These days, networks would rather uh, churn out six more dating shows that sign off on a sitcom uh, that uh, took even a semi-serious look at class, race, and gender. Subjects at the core of Lear's finest works take Extended Family, which gets a special sneak preview at 7 p.m. Saturday before moving its regular 7.30 spot on Tuesdays. Uh, John Cryer and Abigail Spencer play a recently separated couple navigating parenthood and their newfound freedom. It's a premise uh, a good chunk of viewers could relate to if the former lovebirds resembled anyone who has ever lived on planet Earth. That's kind of negative. That's a little negative. The pair are also comfortable with their split that even uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin would roll their eyes. In the first episode, the biggest drama revolves around the death of the family goldfish. See, right there, it's like, really? I'm going to watch a show for half an hour about a dead goldfish? Really? Yeah. John Cryer was on Celebrity uh, Password we were watching at the house. We are watching a lot oh, yeah. of yep. uh, live TV with my ma here. It's actually kind of fun. <laughs> and uh, he's un- I did not recognize him at all. Uh, his, he shaved his head or maybe he lost his hair. But oh, really? Yeah, it's you, you should almost look him up because I go, oh, my God. And then, of course, he does the yeah. over-top reactions, and you go, oh, yeah, that's John Cryer. Yeah, he's – a matter of fact, they got a picture of him, and they're like, ha, 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 They're doing that laugh with their mouths open way too. Who laughs like this? Ha, 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 ha. It, it's like an Olive Garden commercial where they're just like ah. – Kind of. It is true. Yeah, there's a picture of John Cryer. He's <laughs> shaved his head, but he has a full beard. Yeah. It's one of those deals. So – um, I would I would have to agree with Neil Justin on this, but again, you have to understand that that uh, he was one of the greatest writers of all time. Uh, we I, I think we at least I pretty much showed that how much I hated the fact that he had died. Norman Lear was a genius. Had him on the show a number of times. Very very nice man. Very smart guy. Mm-hmm. You know, people when you talk to him, you just know it's like, man, that person's really smart. Yeah. Now. Streaming has brought television back. There's no question about it. They're great. We watched another episode of, of um, uh, Reacher last night. That show, that guy's unbelievable. Yeah. He took his shirt off because he had, he, he had been cut in the stomach. Of course. That boy is ripped. Have you ever Maybe. seen that guy with his shirt off? No, but I will Google oh. it later. <laughs> God. Yeah. Look it up right now. I'll tell you that. Honest to God. He's massive, first of all. Yeah. That boy doesn't have an ounce of fat on him. It's all ripped muscle. It's unbelievable. Tom, how many, like in the past 10 years, how many different actors have played Reacher? Because I feel like we're three. on, okay, three. Because I feel like that and Doc and the Grinch 
have been just yeah. constantly replaced where I get very confused at who is the Grinch and who is Reacher. Well, the funny thing is that Reacher's supposed to be six foot five. In the books, I believe he's six I believe he's six foot five. And I think uh the guy playing him now is six foot four, so that's close enough. But of course the first guy to play him was a guy who's five foot six. About that. Which I've never understood. You I mean, he's a huge star, obviously. Yeah. But tough guy you're gonna to have to push really hard to get me to believe that that boy is a tough guy what's Did his name fund- tom cruise yeah tom cruise i wonder if he funded some of it because like where he or I mean, he just was a big enough name or like mm-hmm. he's a, yeah he'd be doing so, a lot of extra stuff if you were a television writer or you know plays or all the rest of it it would be pretty difficult to get so we are a point right now where from what are there four different generations alive right now? There's, there's boomers. I, well, there are still a few of the greatest generation. There's still a few yeah. of them alive. They're in their hundreds yeah. now, but still alive. But then you got the boomers and you got the millennials and you got, what is it? Gen Z. Is that what's after millennials? Yep. Yep. Then there's one more after Gen Z, isn't there? Alpha. Like alpha. Isn't, there there's alpha? Gen X? isn't there a Gen X in there as well? Yeah. yeah my husband's Gen oh, so there's X. five. Yeah. There's five different generations all at once. That's going to cause a lot of problems because one problem you're going to have with sitcoms, particularly dramas, you're probably okay in general, but you're going to have a lot of problems with sitcoms because you have five different generations and they do not think the same things are funny. Yeah. That's a big, big problem. Isn't that a constant though? Like, wasn't that always a constant? Like when you were growing up? Yeah, Tom? yeah probably, probably too. Richard Pryor changed comedy forever. There's no question about that. Uh, which I really enjoyed, got to be honest with you. I'm sure that my mother was not a big Richard Pryor fan. Shocking. <laughs> Just because of the language in which he delivered his jokes. If there was an F-bomb in it, my mother wasn't too much into listening to it. But No, I suppose, is there one big comedy voice right now, like Richard Pryor was when I was your age? No. 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 Yeah, probably not. No, even cause... the way we consume media is so split. Yes, absolutely. Uh, there are stars that make more money than uh, our biggest movie stars on YouTube that mm-hmm. you and I don't wouldn't even know for face value. I, I mean, that's and that's what my, only my nephews know. So it's so split up in so many ways. Yeah, I wouldn't even know. I have no idea what would be considered the funniest show on TV now. Is there a show like like All in the Family was considered? Boy, that that that's the funniest show on television. Are you talking about like cable television or on streaming platforms? Well, I think across the board because cable television, a lot of it is streaming, right? Yeah, it's yeah. streaming. I don't know. It's I just... feel like more and more <clears throat> the classic, you know, sitcom where the entire show is filmed on you know two different sets in a studio. The, that kind of style of TV is more or less going away. I don't know about you, but I like immediately write those shows off now. I yeah. I have zero desire to watch a sitcom where it's like nope. it all, it's always in this apartment and we're going to yep. you know we're going to sit around and you know tell tell stories and jokes and play prank like I want if I'm watching something I want a little bit of depth. Yeah, you want a, it's all like the cinematic type shows where it's more like a movie that's just been extended and yeah. up. Yeah. I mean even in a comedy? Even yeah, mm-hmm. cuz there there's some really funny comedies that like if, if you ha- if you qualify for a live studio audience 
I mm-hmm. I don't want to watch you. Yeah, and well, because now too, a lot of times, like the budget to make these shows is so much bigger, so mm-hmm. they don't have to just stay in the studio. Hey, we we want to go film this scene over on the steps of you know the Met Gala. Yeah, let's go do it because we have the budget to do it. Where back in the day, it was we have to make do with you know paying everybody pennies more yeah. or less. Because like Catherine and I, we watch we watch comedies. We watch we like Abbott Elementary. We think that woman Kinta Brunson is very very good. Um, Corner Gas, which is a Canadian show, which is not even on the air anymore. We, we love that one as well. What would be, I mean, for the three of you, one at a time, what would be your choice of your favorite sitcom now? I think, because I think, uh, I mean, Abbott Elementary definitely tops my list, Tom. Yeah, that's, that's a good that's, show. That's definitely filmed in the style of The Office, and they do things very creatively. Um, yeah. Yep. They, you know, they could never do a live studio audience. They do, like, the confessionals and the, you know, the, the depth. But I would think Schitt's Creek probably tops the list for me. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. It's super fun. Yep. And um, that might be the most sitcom-y comic, like, thing I could watch where I'm fine with the four different sets they use over and over. Yeah. Uh, right. The writing's so good that it's just a blast. It's over now, though, isn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. It ended, what, like two years ago? Is that I about right? I think even longer than that. that. Maybe they yeah. did a last. Oh, is it longer than that? Yeah, because I think wasn't was it their show where they aired and then it kind of got this random spike of views after it had already wrapped and everybody was like, "Well, how are we famous oh, really? now?" Yeah. Uh, April seventh, twenty twenty, is they're saying the last episode. Honest to God, it was three years ago or three and a half yeah. years ago. Jeez. Yeah, that was the last. Yeah, it was the last episode of that season. Yeah, that show could be. My God, that show was funny. Mm-hmm. I just did love the fact that somehow they were escaping their house to go to Schitt's Creek, but somehow his wife was able to bring 75 suitcases full of clothing. No, full of wigs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, her wigs alone. And she had names yeah, for them her all. her wigs alone. <laughs> that, uh, first of all, the casting on that show is perfect. Really yes. good casting. Oh, yeah. That, oh, that, I mean, the... F- Moira, the way she delivers lines, it yeah. was, David, David, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> it was so, I mean, the way how she gets so worked up over things, it's, she was hilarious. Okay, Tevin and AJ, what do you got? You you have one show that you, you think is very funny right now? Mm, not really, no. Like, that, no. like, that sitcom, I'm kind of like AJ, I don't really watch the sitcom. Like, if I'm watching, like, a Blackish or what was the, um... The Neighbors was probably the last sitcom that I watched, but it was all like a show that I watched when there was nothing good to watch, and I just needed background. Oh, noise. okay. So sitcoms don't really fit into your generation very well. No, that like it has to be guess. it has to be extremely good, like a Shit's Creek type of thing where I want to yeah. actively watch it. Otherwise, it's like there's no substance to them most of the time. The one that I like actually do watch is Letterkenny, if you know mm-hmm. what that is. Like yep. the writing and like the conversation, because that's. That that's my biggest gripe about TV shows is just yeah. it's a lot of talking and not a lot of action. But Letterkenny, the dialogue is like that is the show, so mm. I I get it. It's it, it it's inten- it's entertaining for me. Whereas like a lot of these like um the like the TV sitcoms, I feel like right. it's if it has a laugh track in it, I'm out. That's the thing. It's I've seen the kid is getting bullied at school. The dad it has, like, he doesn't know how to tackle it. Blah blah blah. We gotta co- go confront the other dad, and then oh, the, the other dad is the bodybuilder. So now we, how am I gonna intimidate? You know, it's just like I, I don't care about this. So they're just not funny anymore. Yeah, I, f- I feel like the writing has gone very stale. Like the ideas mm-hmm. just aren't fresh. Mm-hmm. 
are there so is there one sitcom right now that that's even dominating anything i mean I, abbott elementary does well so maybe that yeah. would be the one i've heard that one's pretty good i just it doesn't appeal to me no no i understand it's not going to appeal know. to everybody yeah. no question about but that, i understand but. there's a huge audience for it so yeah do you think there's a possibility that people are just too angry to laugh right now i think that the perception that everybody's going to get angry and cancel your show where they're trying to maybe take not take any risks and the people that mm -hmm. are going to push the yep. envelope a little bit more just say well i'll just go to netflix or hulu and do something where i can, there really aren't any rules and i can get away with doing what i want to do creatively that's interesting because i don't watch any shows on broadcast television i watch everything on streaming because everything is available on streaming um yeah i don't i don't watch cable television or anything like that. It's all streaming stuff now which is good. You find so many great things. The dramas right now are phenomenal. That I will say. The dramas on TV right now are very, very good. But I would have to agree with you guys that most of the shows are not very funny. You know, I, I like I said, I came up with Ab Abbott Elementary, and then you got a, a, a an old Canadian show that's been off the air, what, five years or something. It, but it's just no, so... Letterkenny's got their final season coming up here. That's the final season coming up. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, Tom... It's funny. I feel like comedy always gets kind of looked down at, but I think we mm -hmm. all would agree that comedy probably would be the hardest thing to write mm -hmm. and no do doubt. correctly. It's the one that gets screwed up the most. There's more there's more intellectual aspects into writing a great comedy than there is a thriller or a drama. I just I think there's something to be said that comedies it just has to hit everything has to hit for it to work. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's that that old uh, kind of thought or saying or whatever it was that people who say things like, Oh, that's not funny are not funny. Yeah. I do think yeah, there are some people that just have no sense of humor at all. They don't get, they don't laugh. They don't think anything's funny at all, which why wouldn't you want to laugh? Do you know what I noticed too, Tom? I noticed that things are funnier when I watch them with someone. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. And that's like a very odd concept. Like, when I'm watching it by myself, I might not laugh, but if I'm watching it with Justin, we might find something might like hit us together. So I, there's something too about having to view it with an audience that makes it different as well. Yeah, I think that is true. Do you think a show as simple as Gilligan's Island would ever make it today? No. It wouldn't, would it? Well, it was a big okay. hit. The closest I think has come to that is Last Man on Earth kind of had like a same vibe where it was like this really dramatic situation that is mm -hmm. a comedy. Um, but I think there's something to be said that if you can create a world that is very bleak and find, you know, do comedy in it, maybe it can exist, but like Gilligan Island on its head, just as is no would never cut it. I never did understand it was a three hour tour, which means you went out for an hour and a half and came back for an hour and a half. Correct. Yeah. So a storm comes up and blows you off course. Well, you're still only an hour and a half out. So how did you get stuck on an island? Out in a, You're not in the middle of nowhere. You're only an hour and a half from shore. Yeah, I think we have to like really attack Skipper more. I think he doesn't get the blame enough <laughs> because you are shitty at your job. You are the Brittany of, of, of boat uh, driving because you're right. Like, for example, when we took that uh, boat at Hubbard, we literally went about an hour, an hour and a half, and then came back. It wasn't, 
Yeah. It wasn't that intense. But what if there was right. a storm that blew you, you know, two hours oh. in the wrong direction? You know what I'm saying? Like, fine. that's how I we took were... it was like, oh, yeah, it was supposed to be three hours, but it ended up being, you know, this six hour fight in a storm and we don't know where we are and we crashed. So the yeah. storm would have the storm would have to come off the off the land onto the sea to push them further from land. Honestly, yes. he just wasn't very good at his job, and he, we just need to actually ask him. We need to test him for drugs. Possibly, he didn't do any drugs when I was with him for those two days. He was very very nice. Matter of fact, I don't even think he had a beer, if I remember yeah. correctly. He's a really good guy. Yeah, it's a whole different it's a whole different world now because there were so many great shows. When I was a kid, I mean, I still once in a while tune in to Leave It to Beaver because it's just this wonderful family comedy, which you don't really see much of anymore. No, but I also revisited my childhood and I realized the things that I, I thought Boy Meets World was the most cinematic, amazing oh, show. And then yeah. I've gone back and I'm like, this is crap. Like, this is a lot of like, oh, Corey, how could you say that? Corey, you know, like, it's just so... and. My, I remember re watching the Brady Bunch and thinking it was good, and I rewatched it. I was like, "Who watched this? It yeah. feels like the way you would numb your brain." It's I don't know. Or because I recently have been scrolling through Tubi, which has a lot of old shows right. and movies on it. Yeah. And yep. uh, my girlfriend was like, "Oh, Bring It On! I used to love that show as a little kid." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I thought like I remember that being like so popular, and everybody thought it was great." I'm like, "This might be the worst <laughs> cinematic." production i've ever seen in my life like what is it called bring it on it's like a cheerleading movie and it's oh. like it was in that era when everybody was making like dance movies like step yeah. up and step you know, up stomp the yard the streets. yeah and all that type of stuff and yeah i was like a lot of those actually terrible but it's so interesting there and one of the reasons i brought that up in, in the first place is that you know there's not a lot to watch you have to look streaming has done a much better job there's a lot of great stuff on streaming but Look at how, how the world has changed to a point where, you know, sitcoms, first of all, to kind of defend the writers, can you imagine the heat they're under to not step over any bounds now? There was, a, I saw a video yesterday of, uh, and I can't remember where it was, but it was a woman up, uh, she was up at the podium talking about something and every time she referred to someone else this guy would go excuse me excuse me use proper pronouns please every time she brought up a person how in the hell can you have a meeting if they're allowed to do that so she had to call he him they them she her unless she said that this guy was not happy i don't know that blows my mind yeah i know just say someone's name then if you don't know or whatever. Like, why would somebody interject like that? I ran into a situation. We were leaving a store and somebody was helping us out. And it was not, I had no idea if what, it was a her, him yeah. situation. So right. I, luckily they had a name take on. I just said their name. Like that is the route to go and lived my life. I might be making a, an error here because I'm not sure I'm right about this. But he started yelling at her because she called someone comrade. Well, women and men are both comrades, aren't they? Yeah. Comrade is just kind of like your shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder, uh, friend or something like Not necessarily friend, but like, like my comrade in the army. The comrade in the Communist Party, I guess, you know. Tom, but why would he be mad about the word comrade? You and I would never make it in politics. Because oh, God, no. 
I'd call somebody buddy because I call kids yeah. buddies all the time, and they'd yeah. be like, "Oh, okay. Oh, now you hate flower buds? What? I don't even know." I mean, buddy well, is a no. weird word to call another adult. Like, hey, buddy. Like, I'd be like, "What's wrong with you? What? That's the best you could come up with." I take yeah. it you want to fight if you, right. if you if you if you as a grown man. <laughs> when hey, I forget a kid's give me another name, drink, buddy. It's always, it's always buddy. I am. Yeah. Yeah, but that's fine calling a little kid buddy. Oh yeah, that would work, wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 But I would feel like I'd be like, I was on the playground and there's a little buddy there, and they'd be like, Oh, racist. And I'd say, Oh my god, I don't know. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, everything's racist now. You know what I love? Ninety-nine percent of the people I hear use that word have never witnessed racism in their lives. They don't even know what the hell it is. You know? They're living out there in whispering acres, and everybody looks the same and acts the same. You don't even know what the hell racism is. That's why I hate that they throw that word around so much. Yeah. Uh, I, I would like to see the definition of most people, what that word actually means. Yeah. You know? I mean, you burn it out. Don't burn it out. It's a very, yeah, what the hell? you know, that's a... Uh... If you keep calling everybody racist, then like when people are racist, it's not going to be taken that seriously. But I think that's, that's kind true. of where we're at is that it's hard to know. I mean, usually if you saw a headline that said the president is a racist, you'd be like, oh, my God, and click on it. <laughs> now that doesn't even raise my heart rate. Yeah. I go, I'm not clicking on that. No. Most of the time well, it's cultural insensitivities or something where it's like you're just not mm -hmm. exposed to a certain culture like there was the we talked about it the one day where there was the kid in texas that he had to, they were trying to make him cut his dreadlocks because they were like you know right. you, you don't allow hair long hair for boys and it's like well that rule was probably made with in an all-white school that never had to deal with you know a different culture coming in that might have longer hair and so there's i think there's just blinders in certain aspects but there's no people just love to say racist when it's like ah, well, it's they just, love that word yeah. yeah oh they love it they absolutely love that word. I still, I, I really don't, do not understand why people just take the person for what they are. Who gives a shit? But again, I was lucky to grow up with all kinds of different people. So I was exposed to it as a kid. And I, maybe that's why I don't care about stuff like that. Yeah. You know, some people do. I, I, I really don't understand why they get so involved in it because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Right? Mm-hmm. You guys are all fired up today. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just, uh, I'm agreeing with you is that I, I think you're right. Like, it's hard to argue with the fact that you would just take somebody at face value. I think that's, and I, I do believe most people do that. Unfortunately, we all suffer from prejudice because we have experiences in lives. And some of those you can, you, it, it, it's like, it's not that big of a deal like Kevin was talking about. If I was a school per, if I was like a, in a school district and I was enforcing a rule, right? Let's say it's the dreadlock mm -hmm. thing. And I was saying, you can't have your head. Uh, that was the rule. And somebody said to me, you know what? That's really closed minded because this is a very, like with my hair type, this is the help. Then you, then you reevaluate your rule. Mm. Like, I don't think it's that big of a deal if someone to raise their hand and say, this isn't working for a minority that normally isn't uh, represented. Then you say, I don't think it's that big a deal to go back to the drawing board and go, all right, let's reevaluate this. But right. people have weird pride and they'll like put their heels in the sand over right. something that just doesn't matter. And you go, why wouldn't you want to listen to people? Of course, things are progressive, like things change. And of course your viewpoints in the past have been shaped by different things. And that's just the curse of being human. Are, are when things change, are they always progressive? 
I I don't know. I mean, the term itself would be progressing. I mean, yeah. the act of progressives. So like, I I don't know, but I do think it's worth listening to people say when something feels oppressive, right? Like it's worth to stop and, and evaluate. Yeah. People have a hard time self-evaluating. I have a hard time self-evaluating. I, I wouldn't like it if somebody came up to me and said, you're a racist. I would go, whoa, 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 whoa. That what would be... they base it on? Oh, well, I don't know. In I just, general. just in general. Like if somebody said, hey. You can't throw the word racist no, around she, in general. No, just no just I know. That's, yeah. that's why like, that's why like it, it, it is, it's, it's there needs to be like a softer term because as soon as somebody says, "Hey, your your policy is racist," everybody goes, "Well, no, it's not. It's a, it's a, you know," and they want to defend it. But if you were to say, "Hey, I kind of want some uh, rules that are a little more inclusive for mm-hmm. um, uh, unrepresentative uh, group that you guys haven't dealt with in the past," then that that goes better. But you're right. If people come in full force and they're like, "Brittany, you're racist because A, B, and C," I would be like. Oh hell no! I would I would like strong you know strengthen my stance. You 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 have to fight that urge, and it, it is it's it's a combination of just like too aggressive of terms being used for things that are not intentionally racist. Do you think so? Or even just like rules in general that we have. It feels like sometimes people we'll just lean on the fact that, well, it's always been like this, so this is the way it always has to be. Like, you know, last year, if we got all the snow plows out at the beginning of December because there was snow on the ground, but this year there's no snow in December, we're not running the snow plows out just because that's what we did last year. So it's like you have to be able to be open-minded and willing to change as your situations change. Like not just because you did it before doesn't mean it's going to work now. Like what, what in general? Well, because like, we were talking about the, the dreadlock thing where they're like, well, there's no long hair. Well, why is that a rule? Why are you anti long hair? Like there's no if there's no and then if they can't defend, here's the reason why this is in place. They just go, well, that's just the way it's always been. So that's the way it has to be. Well, no, it doesn't have to be that way. We can look at where we're at now. AJ isn't hurting anybody by having long hair let AJ have long hair. If the girls can have long hair, why can't AJ have long hair as well? That, that's the other thing, too, is, like, what's what's the difference between, in this situation, a guy mm-hmm. having this length of hair, and then, like, if Brittany mm-hmm. and I were classmates, what's the difference yeah. between our hair being longer, like, than our shoulders? There's none. Right. Besides yeah, it looking right. fantastic, am I right, <laughs> Just Brittany? a fresh head of lettuce, yeah. <laughs> am I right? <laughs> I, well, we had long hair all the way back in the 60s. We never really had a problem with that at all. And I feel Long like, hair has been around forever. I feel like that seems to be more of like a, like a South thing too. Like it's all like you need the cleaner. Oh, they don't cut. like long hair in the South. It seems like whenever there's a rule like this that makes mm-hmm. the news, it just happens to be in the South. I'm not saying that. Yeah, maybe. It, I'm, right. I'm not, it just seems like a happy circumstance <laughs> that that always seems to be the case. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just like I, I, first of all, I really don't understand if the person wants to live their life with the hair down to their waist. What the hell do I care? Good for you. Exactly. I mean, I don't see, I've never understood things like that. It's like, why are you involved with where that guy's hair is? Who cares? Right? Right. I agree. So why do we keep putting up with this? Why don't we just shut it down and say, okay, you're being a pain in the ass. Somebody in authority should have stepped up in that situation and said, you're wrong. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what's happening Well, that's good. And I think that's that's what should happen. I think that's the issue, too, is that in that circumstance, 
you know, the school says you got to cut your hair. The the guy's like, what's the harm in this? And then if any legal authorities get involved, it's like, well, it's the school, it's the school's policy and they have the right to enforce. But why? Right. It's hair. It's not like he's walking around with spikes taped to the top of his head and like he's going to hurt. It's it's hair. There's no gang of guys with long hair that are going around terrorizing the school. That would be so inefficient (laughs) because like I know if I get in a fight. That's the first That's, place right. people are grabbing. Oh, the hair? Yeah, there's yeah. no question about that. Yeah, I've never understood any of that stuff, why anybody gets so whipped up about that kind of deal. And I, it's it's never made any sense to me that why would I possibly care what your hair does or is? Who cares? Yeah, I think you're right, Tom. And I think a lot of times people are getting involved that really just don't. The only thing they have is like they're scared of things changing. And that for some reason makes them remind them that like they are mortals and they will die someday and they don't like the idea of things changing. And I, a lot of times they don't even have a stake in the game. It's like, it's kind of like politics sometimes where you're like, you have no idea how the school system works. You don't have kids in the school system. You never went to public school, but yet for some reason we're entrusting you in the school system. Okay. Like there's just so many times where you, the person is involved where you go, you couldn't have less to do with this. You have no idea what you're talking about. So did people take very strong positions on our school system? And because right now they, everything I read is about how bad the public school system is in America. Everything I read about it is that. Yeah. I, it's so weird. Cause I feel, I feel strongly that Minnesota has a good school, public school system. My mom worked in the public schools her mm-hmm. whole career. My my kids in my life are thriving. They're doing great. And maybe numbers are down na- nationwide because of COVID. But I do believe that Minnesota has a great school, public school system. And there should be no shame in going to a public school if you can't, you know, if you don't, if you don't want to send your kids to a private school. Like I, I truly believe our school system is, our public school system is, is, always trying to do the best they can. And obviously there's the one-offs that like you hear about in the news that are pushing their own agenda. But for the most part, teachers and Minnesota public schools do the best they can with very minimal resources. Some people. I will tell you, when I went to public school after going to private school, Catholic school, mm-hmm. that system was horrendous. I learned absolutely everything they were teaching. I had already learned in the seventh or eighth grade, every subject. Now I'm not blaming that on the teachers. I'm blaming it on the system. Mm -hmm. North high school was a disaster of a school. Nobody learned anything. Now at one point in the 1950s, North high school in Minneapolis was rated the number one public high school in America. Wow. That's cool. That's a fact. You know why that was? Hmm. Because all the different kinds of people went there. There were actually Jews in the neighborhood at that time that went to North High School. Sid Hartman went to North High School. And that all changed later on. I mean, it's it just people who all cultures need to, to, to put focus on education and all cultures do not put focus on education. So it, start, it starts at home and then it goes to the schools. The schools, if they're great or bad or whatever, you're going to have to put up with it. It starts at home. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you're not enforcing and putting a priority on school and furthering that, I mean, that's 
teachers can only do so much. They only have your yeah, kids for yep. a very short amount of time. It has to be a priority in your house if that's where you want to put a priority. I mean, if you'd rather them do something, okay, I, I am not going to sit and argue, but I, I, you know, my family values education extremely. I mean, I, it's so I, that for our household and, and people, you know, my sister and the Goldens, like that's always been a priority for them. And we're, we're, we're also privileged because we don't have to send our kids to, you know, the teenagers to go work to help with the income. Yeah, so we, no, there's a lot of things. Part of it. Yep. Yeah. A big part of it. We are lucky enough to be able to put education in the forefront in our, well, no question. Cause in the inner city, they cannot do that. I mean, there, a lot of that has to do with, Hey, where's the money coming from? Yeah. Would somebody look up and see the uh, reading proficiency of public school students in Minneapolis, St. Paul? Cause somebody told me it's less than 60% of kids can read in our school system. Now, I don't know. I didn't look that up, but that's what I was told. I know reading is not uh, a, a big priority anymore, which is really weird. But I suppose if you're talking into your phone and the phone repeats what you just said, I, I, I don't know. But but I guess, yeah, the, the reading proficiency in America right now is not very good. Hmm. Yeah, I... I just, you know, when I've looked into it, I just know that a lot of things went down again, the pandemic. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's very down. true. But um, yeah, I've been really lucky. I, I feel really blessed to be in a situation where I feel like I'm not doing go-go a disservice when it's time to go to school, that she will go to schools, uh, public school. She's going to go to public school. Yeah. And I feel yeah. very lucky because we have great public I mean, I, yeah. I've, part of living in where I live as I tried to find, again, very privileged. I was able to kind of pick and choose where I live. Mm -hmm. And I don't take that for granted is that like, we, we have a great public school here in Eden Prairie. That's good. What do you find it out, AJ? Um, it looks like the 2023 state testing scores released uh, by the Minnesota department of education show test scores are still down about 10 percentage points below pre-pandemic levels from 2019. In mm -hmm. reading, uh, about half students met or exceeded grade level standards, down 1% from 2022. Um, so, but that, it goes on to say that that doesn't mean that they flat out can't read. It's just like they... At their grade level. At their, so like they might be in fifth grade, but they're reading at like a fourth grade level. And so... Mm, I think it's much more severe than one grade. Well, and, and I can and then that's just an example, I guess I'm just throwing out for generic stuff. But basi right. basically what it says is based on pandemic and like home learning, students have fallen behind, which yeah. granted, I don't think that's. Yeah, I don't think that's shocking. No, that's not shocking. Given the circumstances, just kind of everybody was thrust into one thing and then there's not a way to really have that hands-on monitoring of mm -hmm. kids when you're, you know, miles away from them trying to teach. Oh, if the, if I were a kid during the pandemic, like just knowing how me and like my little brother were, we would have learned nothing. Yeah. Like I want to be I outside. I want to be yeah. playing. I want to like, I'm just going to scribble through this homework as quickly as possible. Like my parents would have done the mm -hmm. best they could to make sure that, you know, we're getting everything done. But yeah, I, I can think of, I remember sitting in class, like kids would be outside playing. And I'd be like, I wish I was outside with them right now. You so guys, math it was wild. Cause I helped my sister with her kids during the pandemic and the neighbors had, it was like, you know how often Tom, like a one o'clock meeting will be scheduled for me. And I'm like, Oh my God, as an adult, Oh my God, I forgot I have a one o'clock meeting. They would literally say, Hey, make sure you guys sign back on at, you know, 2 PM for the last class. And mm -hmm. half the kids would be there because 
who can trust a six-year-old to not be late for a, an online meeting? I mean, they don't. Right. And unless you have a parent who's able to not work and manage that schedule, like it was just wild. The pandemic was the wild, wild west. It was crazy. Where was the six-year-old? Oh, just in the house. By himself? No, like if so, the parents were working from home. Oh, they're working from home. Okay. They're working from home. They're doing their, you know, thing. And and they're supposed to just sign on. And they're also trying to sign their kid on, but like a one-off. I mean, my sister was lucky that I was able to uh, go over there and help because I had no job at the time. (laughs) But like, yeah, it was so hard. It Mm -hmm. was... and then kids just aren't engaged if they're, you know, they have their, they're just sitting there on the computer and, or they'll just walk away. Like, it was terrible. We shall take a break here. Be right back in a couple of minutes. More of the show coming up next. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Listen live on the Tom Bernard Show app or at TomBernardShow.com. Tom here, and I want to discuss a partnership that has been wonderful in my life, Zero Res Carpet Care. Very good friends of mine. Nothing is better to someone with a family than having a completely clean home. Your carpet is the biggest filter in your house. If you want to talk about pet dander or foot traffic, dirt from the outside, they all eventually reside in your carpet. So, Zero Res Carpet Care. Listen, around the holidays, you need to contact ZeroResMinnesota.com or call 952-Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z. That's 952-Zero-Res. They clean your home with their electrolyzed pH-elevated water that doesn't use chemicals or soaps that smell like a janitor's closet like other cleaning services. How about a Tom Bernard deal? Well, here it is. Get three rooms, zero resified, starting at $129, and don't forget your air ducts. Mention me, and they'll discount your air vents by $75, too. This is for the entire month, so call them right now, 952-ZERO-RES, backward or forward, it spells the same, or book online, zeroresminnesota.com. If it's available, ask for them to come to your place in the Tom Bernard named service truck. What an honor that was, by the way. Just mention me by name and get the special deal to get your home clean and your heart happy. Zero res carpet. This is Bob Sansevier, and I want to tell you about Dave Bialki from Bialki Law. Dave represented my wife, Mary, when she had a significant workplace injury. She was very happy with the job Dave did. If you have a work-related injury and have Dave represent you, I'm betting you'll be happy too. Dave is a down-to-earth guy. He grew up in northern Minnesota, rides a Harley, and worked various jobs doing concrete, electrical, plumbing, roofing, and carpentry work. Dave works for people with work-related injuries. If you work construction, or anywhere for that matter, and you're hurt or even just hurting, you should talk to Dave. Let's face it, our bodies wear out. If your body is worn out from work, if your knees or back or shoulders hurt from things you do at work, do what Mary did. Call Dave and talk to him about it at Bialki Law to set up a free initial conversation consultation the number to call is 763-571-2410 that's 763-571-2410 or visit bialkilaw.com that's b-i-a-l-k-e law.com you need to know a guy for your auto repairs legal issues banking and more the same goes for investment advice you need a guy to help you be successful someone you can trust who gets results well i got a guy for you Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. 
and tell him his his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, you can win a customized ice cream sheet cake for you and your family this Christmas and New Year's from Grand Old Creamery on Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Featuring holiday-flavored eggnog and winter wonderland flavors through the end of the month. Enter now through the Tom Bernard Show app, Grand Old Creamery Holiday Cake. What do you think of that action? Sounds good to me. That's all I have to say. Sounds terrific. Absolutely. I've asked you guys a question. Well, I suppose, Brittany, you might be the one to answer this again because we're talking about children. And I, not that I know, you two don't have any children, not that I know of anyway. Okay. Not that I'm aware. (laughs) How TikTok brings war home to your child. Do you know anything about this, Brittany? No. Oh, no. I mean, that's quite a story. I mean, it's the number one story in the Wall Street Journal. So it, Seems to me to be a little bit important. No question about that. Yeah. Taking sick. Oh, there's a cute kid. A very cute little kid here. Uh, How TikTok brings war home to your child. The popular app can feed young users of a stream uh, of the stream of intense, polarized, hard to verify videos about the Israel Hamas war. Why would you ever allow your child to watch something about a war on any service? Oh. I think it's just, I mean, it's wild, right? Like the things kids even see when they're walking yeah. past the news and, and, and that the algorithm brings to you on different social media. It's hard yep. to avoid. I think it's just intertwined in our society right now. Yeah. Why didn't we do something about that as a country? Why did we even allow TikTok in this country? I don't understand that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it started out not this polarizing i guess and then as you know more stuff happens and it's hard to the really only way to regulate it is to ban it because you can't you know decide you know well if your kid's friend sends them a video like you can't yeah what do you how you can't regulate that and then you know if they're searching it while you know britney's at work and gogo is now watching tiktok on her phone in the other room you know there's not really a way to parental control everything out to keep her completely insulated Here's their take on it. Imagine your 13-year-old signs up for TikTok and while scrolling through videos, lingers on footage of explosions, rockets, and terrified families from the war in Israel and Gaza. Would you, well, 13-year-old, maybe they should, I don't know about social media. I wouldn't go that route. Although watching the national news is not going to help either because they're both so extreme. It's, I mean, isn't it amazing that every news service is extreme either left or right? There's nobody in the middle. Why? Yeah, I, I have to trust you on this because I feel like I've kind of taken a step back. In, I don't blame you. But, um, I mean, I think that you've always said, like, you feel like the the news industry is basing it off of what gets more views. And 
I think that they probably get pushed and pushed more in a certain direction. They see that yeah. that works better. So that pushes, pushes viewership, which pushes advertisement, which there yeah. you go. They, yeah, they really, they used to always say if it bleeds, it leads. Like yeah. that's just the mindset well, that they have. It is true. It's how they make their money. But everybody, I hope, understands that if you watch the national news, you are not getting the truth. You're not getting anywhere near the truth. It's way far right or way far left. There's nothing in the middle, which is kind of sad, don't you think? Yeah. I don't know. Your child uh, doesn't search or follow any accounts, but just pausing on videos about how the conflict leads uh, the app to start serving up. And see, that's the part of this is the part of it drives me nuts. Oh, this kid's watching that kind of that kind of video. Okay, we'll send him much more of those kinds of videos. Um, that's going to pop up. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. Not this, not the war or whatever, but every one of the streaming channels does a thing. Hey, we saw what you've been watching lately. Here are some other shows you might be interested in. So if you could enter your three favorite shows that we put up on here, we'll send more content your way that you'll like. Yeah. So I said, why don't we do this just to see what this really means? Yeah. So we put in our three favorite shows. It was Reacher. It was uh, Bass Reeves. And it was, I can't remember the third. It doesn't matter. No worries. Um, the stuff they sent me made no sense whatsoever. Half of it. Now, I put up. Those are dramas. I put up all three. No, there was one. There was one comedy and two dramas that we put up there. All they sent me, about half of it were children's shows. Why would Neither. you send someone to watch Bass Reeves children's shows? So... The way the algorithm works is they don't necessarily, the content has mm -hmm. to do with each other. It would be like, hey, a lot of people who have watched Reacher have also watched this. And so a lot of times it, it might have nothing to do with it. It's all like the based off algorithms that they go. It could be maybe lots of parents watch Reacher and then their kids watch these kids shows. So it's like, it's another version of AI not really working at its best. No, it, this, this is a bad idea because it doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right about that. It's, it just does not work because different people watch different things. I mean, I'm really not going to watch Go Go Gadget. I'm sorry. It's, it's one of the things that they thought that I'd really enjoy. It's like, how did you come up with that? Yeah. It's all based on what trends they have seen within their yeah. app. And it, it, it lacks that human effort of being like, hey, this is a guy, a man who doesn't want to watch children's shows. Like there's there's that human aspect that needs to be put in there as well. Plus the fact, I don't really need their help finding shows anyway. Would Catherine and I do it? And I do think I'm very, very lucky or we're, maybe we're both very lucky. Catherine and I like the same kinds of shows, which... I don't know if that's developed over all those decades of being together or whatever, but it does tend to, I mean, she has a couple of her own shows and I have a couple of my own shows, but I would say 98% of stuff we watch, we both like. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how that happens, but uh, you know, it, it's, I think it's very cool. The fact that, I don't know, it's really weird. Catherine and I have a lot of the same likes in the world. I don't know how, how does that develop? Do you move toward one another or should you move toward one another when you get married? Oh, I, I mean, Justin definitely have so many variants and then we try to find our commonalities for like, you know, our TV nights. But, 
I don't know what's more successful if you have two people that agree to like move in towards each other or I, I they say opposites attract. I've never seen it in my life time yeah. uh, ever. So I guess I have to agree that yeah, Tom. I think I think your thought, your way of uh, being in a relationship has proven successful. So I think we should follow that. <laughs> well, it's interesting because the one thing Catherine and I do have in common is we both have an edge to us. And that, yeah. I mean, it was very obvious to both of us. Both of us do have an edge. And I think without even knowing it, we respect that about one another. So maybe that is part of it. I, I don't know. Uh, it's one of the things that attracted me to Catherine in the first place. You know, I'd make some statements. You go, hey, I want you to blow it out your ass. I love that. She wouldn't go, oh, well, let's try to please you, Tom. She's not like that at all. And I suppose that's how I grew up, so that's why I like it. But, uh, you know, um, that's what's happened to a handful of uh, automated accounts or bots the Wall Street Journal created to uh, understand what TikTok shows young users about the conflict in Israel uh, with the, you know, Hamas and the Jews and all the rest of it. Uh, those bots registered as 13-year-old users browse TikTok's For You feed. So TikTok's For You would be what you're supposed to like. Is that what that is? Yeah, yeah it's your algorithm, around. your feed. Yeah. Okay, so you all guys, all three go on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, Instagram has one. Uh, I'm sure Facebook probably has some version of mm -hmm. the For You page. Yeah, they all. Yeah. Twitter now does as yeah. well. See, I don't go on social media at all for that very reason. I just... There's nothing on there for me. I mean, it, it, is there one thing you'd recommend? If I went on social media, what, what should I go on? I don't think it really matters which one you go on. It's just how you use it. If you use it as a tool to, you know, gather, you know, bits and pieces of information or kind of keep your pulse on what is trending and what people are talking about, it's helpful. But if you go in there and you take it as this is real life and you get lost yeah. in the rabbit hole, then you're going to have problems. Yeah, I could see that to be true. I mean, I, I literally, well, when I got off was like, I think it's now 13 years ago. I've been on 13 years. There was basically just Facebook and, and Twitter. That was, there might've been other things, but the two big ones at the time were Facebook and Twitter. Uh -huh. And the reason I got away from it is I got so sick of everybody's a tough guy. I got really tired of that. You would go on Facebook and Twitter and be, oh, is that what you think? You're lucky I'm not over there. I was like, Really? I don't know you. I've never even met you. And you're going to threaten me on social media. What the hell's wrong with you? Does that still happen? I think, I think, yeah. I mean, obviously I think that human nature is, is still going to be human nature. And I think people are for some reason feel a little safer doing it on a computer than they would doing it in person. But yeah, sure. I mean, I think, I think it reflects a lot of uh, real life mm -hmm. interactions. And then at the same time, I think it's in some platforms it's gotten a little better. In some platforms it seems to lean a little worse. Oh, okay. But it's, but it's also again kind of like Tevin says: is if you, it's not real life. It's not interchangeable exactly. with human communication. Right. So you can't right. treat it like that. I can't say, oh, I was really social today because I was scrolling on Instagram. I wasn't social. I was looking mm -hmm. at you know people's mm -hmm. holiday outfits. <laughs> so it's like. I still treat human interactions as its own thing. And I still want to go hang out with people and call yeah, people yeah. and talk to people. So. And, and now Facebook, I know Facebook does it. Um, Twitter, I believe does it as well. Instagram does it where if you say something, you know, extremely hateful, it'll automatically either delete or hide those comments. You, it's Good. not, I rarely see, unless it's Facebook and somebody does a post where they're just unhinged. 
you're not going to really see as definitely not as much hate and mm-hmm. mean-spirited stuff as you used well, to. Good. I'm glad to hear that because back when I was on there, everybody was a tough guy. It's like, oh, God, whatever. So I'm glad to hear that they delete some of that stuff now. Because they would actually literally threaten you because they knew they'd never meet you. So they'd threaten the hell out of you. People all the time are in Facebook jail. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Tom, I hate to say this because I feel bad. This is Mm -hmm. not a nice thing to say. You are a lightning rod sometimes for people who think that, like, I'm going to take Tom Bernard down. Like, I'm going to. question. There's no doubt about it. You know why that is? Why? Because I'm not a typical kiss ass. That's why. So, I yeah, will not it, do it. And they hate that about me. Everything that he thinks they're going to get their cred. Cause I can't imagine yep. you jumping online. People say no people. I mean, it's so funny cause it'll usually go away. But like, even when we start a new social for you, people are like, that guy is this and that. And you're like, do you, you think you're going to get like a bunch of points for, <laughs> um, you know, like, is there going to be like a, you'll get like four stars for good job. You tried to take down Tom Bernard's Facebook. Yeah. Like, and, but the difference is nowadays people do will comment and say, get a life. Who are mm. you? Okay. Oh, no, that's good to hear. Because well, yeah, they didn't like, used to do that. That's no, good. I'm glad to it hear hap- It happens a lot more. Like if people make fun of the way I look, like someone will go on there and be like, take it easy. Or, oh. or like they'll grab pictures from their Facebook and be like, <laughs> that's the you're best. the one commenting. Like, <laughs> yep. I, there was my favorite is so, cause now on Instagram you can do, you know, where ESPN will post and they'll partner with you know women's basketball their women's basketball page to try and help create Mm -hmm. more awareness and you'll get guys in the comments will be like you're posting about women's basketball nobody cares and then everybody will comment on their nobody cares (laughs) comment with you obviously care enough to take time out of your day to post a negative comment like go home like you can go just let a 28 second like basketball clip of caitlin clark hitting three three pointers in a row ruin your day yep also, there's not a limited amount of internet. Like, it's not like, right. oh, now my content's not going to be there. Like, it's the internet. You can put that up, and no. then also whatever mascot blooper reel this guy wants to see. Like, yep. it's fine. Well, I'm glad to hear that they are regulating it, and then if you get to be too big an asshole, they kind of delete what you put up. Is that what I'm hearing? And it depends yeah. on the social. Like, if you want to mm. see some savage oh, yeah. stuff, jump right. on Reddit. Like, Oh, my God. I love Reddit it, so much. I love Reddit for some reason. <laughs> I can't have an emotional attachment to the situation, but people like it all depends on where you're at. Like Facebook now, I would say is probably I'd say Instagram is more of the safest in my mind, like where people are pretty soft and nice. TikTok used to be pretty chill and now it's gone a little bit crazy because everybody and their mom and grandma like will feel the need to defend my cat because he's playing with my dog like that changed all of a sudden i've also um, seen them recently they've they've started doing more of like i'll be like scrolling my page and then i'll get to a video sometimes it'll have like that hey just so you know other people have watched this and said it's graphic content are you yeah. sure you want to watch it or do you want to skip it and i'm like yeah i don't care and then it's you know then it's fine but there's also the times where it's like hey you just watch something before you go to the next video is this suitable for our app yes or no and if it is is it all ages or just like 18 and up so you're they're kind of like continuously trying to moderate things too yeah get some sort of rating system yeah so is it going to get better or has it gotten better because like i said i haven't been on it in over a decade has it gotten a lot better yeah i would say yeah for the most part i mean there's still negative things that are gonna Mm -hmm. take place but 
I don't know. It's no. It's definitely not worse than it used to be. The one thing I think it did, and, and you know, Brittany already made this point. There are people that you know love me. There are people that hate me. Neither one of them know me, so I don't really understand why that would happen anyway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you hate someone you've never even met? There are people on TV that I watch. I don't really like what they're doing, but I don't hate them as a person. I just don't like what they're doing. It's not entertaining to me. I don't understand how you can you can hate someone you've never even met. That's a really stupid position. Yeah, that's a. I think there's enough. You could find enough interactions in your life to hate somebody you did meet. You're fine. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you don't need to pick a big bad boogeyman and put all your problems. Uh, yeah, and that's what they do. That's exactly what it is. Oh, this is the person I'm going to blame it all on now. It's like, why don't you grow up for Christ's sake? Yeah. I mean, it's like me being like, Harry Styles has ruined my life. Harry <laughs> exactly. Styles caused the traffic I drive in and the poison in my water. Like, that's weird. You need to find someone who's tangible. Thoughts on him What's shaving that? his head? What's that? I, was, I want to know Brittany's thoughts on him shaving his head. He looks cute. I don't know. I think Harry Styles is just cute. There you go. Who is that? I know I've heard his name, but I don't know who that is. He used to be on One Direction, oh, and then he went right. on a solo career. And oh, he, okay. he did a fun tour. He wears a lot of quirky clothes. He did some movies. I wouldn't say he's oh, a great okay. actor. He's a singer. <laughs> I wouldn't really know. He was so that was kind of like white guy rap. Is that what that is? No, no, no he was no. in a um, he's like pop star stuff. stuff. He was in a boy band, and now mm. he's yeah. He's singing. British, if that narrows it down. Is it like Justin Timberlake kind of deal? You mean? Sure, yeah. Kind of like that. Okay. Well, yeah. It's like Backstreet Boys. Yeah, Le- less Backstreet sexual, Boys, I would yeah. say, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I said, I've never understood why I would. Here's my point, I guess exactly. Yeah. I really cannot tell you one person. There are people I don't like, but I can't tell you one person I absolutely hate. Because it would be a complete waste of my energy and my time. I don't even know you. Why would I get so emotional as to start hating you? Yeah. I wouldn't waste my time on getting to hate somebody. Why would you do that? It makes no sense to me. Me either. Yeah. I mean, seriously, why would you waste your time? It's good. Just get to stay out of their life. Don't go near them. I, you and I don't get along. It's not great. I'm not going to hate anybody. It takes way too much emotion and way too much energy to hate somebody. Right. Yeah. Yep. And so uh, honestly, if there, if there is, I always kind of live by this. Like if there is as bad as I believe they are, mm-hmm. they will deal with their own karma because you can only deal with that for so long till it will, you will destroy yourself. So like, let them take care of themselves. I don't need to be involved. Can I watch from the sidelines a little bit? Okay. <laughs> but I also can't put a lot of time and energy into thinking about them. And they will take no. care of themselves. If they're <clears throat> as evil as I believe they are, they are always, like, karma will go ahead and be the bounty hunter and track them down. Well, the one the one problem you have in that area is cash. It's money. People who despise one another will work together if there's money in it for them. Money drives everything now. And that's one of the reasons I was, you know, we're talking a little bit about uh, what you watch, what you do. Do you have yeah. a faith, faith in this person, that person, whatever? Everything changes when money comes along. And everything now is based on money. Everything. But don't you think, Tom, if you kind of take a step back and you go, if they are praising 
the almighty dollar and that is their own own motivation Mm -hmm. then like they're doomed anyways like they're doomed to be miserable in their own way because they're going to constantly have ebb and flow no matter how much money they have it's never going to be enough and they're going to they're going to create their own negative karma because they're not you're just it's just life's not going to work out for you if that is your main motivation i get it have enough money to be comfortable makes a huge difference in being uncomfortable. no you're right you're absolutely right if you earn it but there is um kind of a, a point of no return of like okay you're good now you can't be happier if you're uh, a, a billionaire or a 10 billionaire you know what i mean like mm-hmm. th- there is a point where you go there has to be other things in your life like if that is your mo- main motivation i feel bad for you i have pity for you you your life sucks well best example of that is bill gates yeah nobody can be around that man he's been married what one or one or two times a couple of times like, or was it only once but the man has no friends he has no he had, I believe his wife left him. He's one of the most miserable people on earth, but he's very, very wealthy. And that's all he cares about Yeah, is the fact that he's very wealthy. And it wasn't even his idea that he used to make all that money. That's the really amazing thing. And he knows that. Like he, well, he knows, definitely knows that. Yes. Yeah, and that's right. why he tries to compensate in other ways. Like you sure people know when they're frauds, people know when they're fakes, people know when that's not their idea. And you're, you know, like it, it's funny because, the reason I want to have stability and a decent paycheck is so I can have fun times with my family and see my mm-hmm. friends yeah. and not worry about things like that. There's not a goal to have more money. There's goals to have more family right. and more friends. And so it's like, it takes care of itself. Karma is a bitch and she has your number. Karma. Oh, karma's a she now. Is that right? You're claiming karma is a she. Men can be bitches. She has your numbers, what you said. This version is, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> women are better at tracking things down. I'll say that. The number one thing when I do speeches and people ask me about money, yeah, I always say, I don't care about money. And I sincerely do not care about money. And maybe it's because I've always been able to make money that I just don't give a shit yeah. about it at all. There are people that money, it's the only thing that matters because they think it somehow makes them better or more powerful or something. I like to go out and piss money away like there's no tomorrow. That's what I like. And there was a time in your life where money had to be the main motivation because you yeah. didn't have enough. And I, we've all been yeah. there. Like, yeah. it, there is a, a spot of, like, money has to be the main motivation because you're terrified oh, to pay yeah. rent, to pay get food, to make sure what. But once you hit that point, chill out. Like, once you've hit a point where you know that you can get your mortgage, where you know, like, then quit being an asshole. I like quit being an asshole. Because I'm looking out the door and you got Gelfand and Andy out there coming in. So you want to talk a couple of assholes. Yeah, no, a couple of them, right? Double assholes. Yeah, no, I'm saying. Okay, double assholes. Jesus, Brittany. What? <laughs> Jesus. What did Brittany do? Okay. Is it the double assholes. That's close enough. That's, That's like worked. the worst wrestling tag team of all time. <laughs> That's Jesus. what they are now. That's the deal. Oh, they're getting hey, the tables. Man. They're setting up the super stink. I can finally say goodbye to you because I just looked at the clock and said we've gone a little longer. So I can say, I can say, hey, have a great day because we've got to go to break, right? Yes, and I will talk to you all in the morning. All right, sounds good, man. We'll be right back in a couple minutes. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Listen live at TomBernardShow.com or on the Tom Bernard Show app. 
You know the song Kokomo? It's supposed to be off the Florida Keys, right? Hate to break your Beach Boys bubble, but that's a fictitious place they made up for the song. Fortunately for the rest of us, the Florida Keys island chain are as real as the taxes you have to pay in Minnesota if you're a resident. Now that's a reason to move south. In addition to Florida and all of Monroe County being beautiful, the Keys from Key Largo to Key West are even more beautiful. This is Tom Bernard, part-time Florida resident myself. And if you want a second house or a new retirement home or want to become a Floridian, may I suggest you contact Matt Carlson from One Key West Realty. Matt grew up in Litchfield. He's a super real estate agent when it comes to finding your tropical island space in the Keys. He lives there and here, and Matt knows what's best in Key West to buy. For your second home in Florida, Matt teamed up with fellow Minnesotan from Sartell and Alexandria, Kristen Eklund, who's one of the top mortgage brokers in the country from Coast to Coast Mortgage. She'll get you the financing you need to buy a home in Florida or in Minnesota. Matt's part of the Lake Sotheby's International Realty Group here in Minnesota, and Kristen, his mortgage colleague, lives and works in the Keys, so they both know the Florida Keys' new and existing homes for sale and are Minnesotan through and through. Contact them by heading to onekeywest.com. That's onekeywest.com. Tom here, and I I want to discuss a partnership that has been wonderful in my life. Zero Res Carpet Care. Very good friends of mine. Nothing is better to someone with a family than having a completely clean home. Your carpet is the biggest filter in your house. If you want to talk about pet dander or foot traffic, dirt from the outside, they all eventually reside in your carpet. So, Zero Res Carpet Care. Listen, around the holidays, you need to contact ZeroResMinnesota.com or call 952-ZERORES. That's 952-ZERORES. They clean your home with their electrolyzed pH elevated water that doesn't use chemicals or soaps that smell like a janitor's closet like other cleaning services. How about a Tom Bernard deal? Well, here it is. Get three rooms, zero resified, starting at $129, and don't forget your air ducts. Mention me, and they'll discount your air vents by $75, too. This is for the entire month, so call them right now, 9520-RES, backward or forward, spells the same, or book online, zeroresminnesota.com. If it's available, ask for them to come to your place in the Tom Bernard named service truck. What an honor that was, by the way. Just mention me by name and get the special deal to get your home clean and your heart happy. Zero res card. When you need someone to listen, a lawyer you know and trust with respect that you deserve. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant. Over the years at holiday time, Bradshaw and Bryant has been able to help thousands of Minnesotans arrive home safely from the bars. This year, there's still lots of things that we can do to ensure that you stay safe on the roads, like slowing down, giving yourself enough time that you're not in a rush, no texting and driving, hands-free phone calls, and of course, no drinking and driving. Please be safe so that you get home to your loved ones. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. This year, my biggest wish is that we all remain happy, healthy, and even a little more kind to one another. A lawyer who will fight with confidence and pride, a working harder going farther with my Bryant on your side. Before you head back to one of the big box stores for your hunting and shooting needs this season, do yourself a favor and visit my choice, KNL Surplus and Ammo in Lino Lakes. Not only does KNL have one of the widest selections of firearms and ammo in the Twin Cities, they also do business the right way. They want to make sure that you have the right firearm and the right ammo for your needs. Jim, the owner, has over 25 years of experience in the business and will help you find what you need at a fair price. Speaking of prices, a lot of stores are using inflation and supply shortages as an excuse to raise prices on ammunition. Not K&L. Jim's doing everything to hold the line on pricing so you can spend more time on the range. Find out for yourself why K&L Surplus and Ammo 
has been the choice of gun owners for over 25 years. Go in and chat with Jim in person at the store on Lake Drive and Lina Lakes or online at klgunstore.com. klgunstore.com. 